and lower 70s as another storm passes through the state and brings some more rain. Right now it is fair and 61 degrees. I'm Alessandra Harris, KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM, 1160 AM, and KSLnewsradio.com. Utah's news, traffic. Never seen the sky so blue. singing, I got nothing to do. Hey, 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 hey. Mm, it's a sunny day. Sunny day now. My pocket's empty, my cupboard's bare. But call me illogical, I just don't care. Hey, hey, hey. hey, hey. It's just a sunny day. Hey, hey, hey. It's a sunny day. It's the KSL Greenhouse. Expert tips for flowers, trees, gardens, and soil. Our hosts are Maria Chaleos and Ton Bettis on KSL News Radio. Good morning, and thank you for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse Show. We'll be taking your calls in just a minute at 801-575-8255. Phone lines are open, and you can text us your questions at 57500. Absolutely perfect weather, Ton, to do anything you want outside. It is. We're supposed to be in the low to mid-80s and just wonderful weather. I've been weeding areas in my yard that I don't use very much. and The praying. weeds have taken over. Yeah. They're very happy. <laughs> yeah, they are, the weeds are very happy, but it's getting cooler. Last night at my son's football game, it was jacket weather. After I see. The sun You've went been down. screaming at your son's football game. That's why your voice is a little raspy this morning. I don't know. No. I don't know. <laughs> Might I, not be it. <laughs> well, it, man, it could be. I don't know. The game was pretty good. They beat uh, Murray, who, unfortunately, Murray, I guess, hasn't had a very good last couple of seasons. Hmm. But it's always fun to go. Yeah. I, I love the high school and college football games. They're pretty awesome. Uh, this morning, we want to start out the morning. The plan of the week is Russian Sage. Tell us about Rus- Russian Sage. Well, this is a mint family plant. It doesn't doesn't mean that it spreads like mint does, the actual mint, but it can get sizable. It's actually native to Russia, and it's a plant that we have found will survive on limited water, and it blooms the entire summer. And it's pretty water-wise, isn't it? I'm it is very it water-wise. Like I've seen quite a bit of it planted up in the borders along the University of Utah and some along some of their buildings. And uh, it's a very healthy plant. It gets very, it gets quite tall, doesn't it? It does. The species can get anywhere from four to six feet tall, which sometimes is desirable if you have a large area that needs to be filled in. But there are cultivars available that will get half that size, you know, two to three feet, sometimes even smaller. And so Rus- Russian sage is one that you can use whether you have limited space or a lot of space for it to fill in, depending on the cultivar. Okay, so how big does it get? It doesn't spread like the regular mint, but it still gets pretty large. Well, regular mint, left unchecked, will go 20 or 30 feet. And it can take over entire areas to where Russian sage is an individual plant. It's just that the plant can get between four and six feet wide if you don't have other plants around it and 
the particular cultivar. And so if you're just using straight Russian sage, it can get quite big. But if you're using one of the dwarf cultivars, it'll still get bigger, you know, two to three feet, but not nearly as big as the species. Yeah, the really, the really big thing with this one to be aware of, because I planted it in a bed, is how wide it really truly gets. You have to give it space, which kind of looks weird when you first planted it because you're leaving like four feet around this plant. <laughs> yeah. Right? It, it really does. And... The other thing with it is, you know, besides giving it space, you need to be aware of its water needs, as you mentioned earlier, to where after it's established, especially, it'll survive on being watered every two or three weeks to a depth of six inches or a foot. Yeah, another reason we're talking about it is it's a fall bloomer. It's one of those if you want some fall color, uh, and it's one of the few in this color range. It is. And so it gives you a really nice contrast against other things. And so it works well planted maybe with taller grasses or other taller perennials or shrubs. And it just gives you that nice, just kind of purpley color to it to where most other things that are that color or more spring or summer. Right. A lot of times when I look at it, it almost looks blue. It does. This The flower color is very similar to lavender, uh, except for it's a lot taller. They're in the same fa- family, but the flower color is really nice. You notice you mentioned how uh, healthy it is with very little water. What kind of soil does it like? Well-drained soil. It'll even grow in clay as long as it doesn't have a swamp around it. Mm-hmm. And so if you have it, it does well in most areas of the Wasatch Front. Just don't drown it. Right. Bees like this plant. They do. So it's you a great pollinator attract, plant. You want to attract bees. This is a great one. So it will attract other beneficials in, other pollinators and just other beneficial insects. And so if you are struggling in your yard with pollinators, this is one you can plant that's really low maintenance that will bring them in. How much sunshine does it need? Full sun. It needs at least six hours of sunlight a day, but it is very heat tolerant. So it can go on the south side of your house or the west side of your house, and it's perfectly happy. Okay. Anything else we need to know about it? It's very available. Look for the dwarf cultivars if it's too big for what you need. And just don't over-fertilize it and don't over-water it. So those dwarf cultivars, how big do they get? Anywhere from 18 inches to 2 to 3 feet. I would have been a little bit better, I think, with the dwarf size. (laughs) Just saying. it's, It's a beautiful plant, but you have to give it its space. You really do. All right. And we've been talking about Russian sage. That is the plant of the week. You will find more about it. There's an article up on the KSL Greenhouse Facebook page. We are taking your calls at 801-575-8255. Great time to call. Phone lines are open. You can also text us at 57500. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning. Thank you for spending your Saturday morning with the KSL Greenhouse. Maria and Ton with you. Taking your calls at 801-575-8255. You can text us at 57500. First listener, Ton, wants to know if 
um, the best treatment for fairy ring is nitrogen. It can be to mask it. It doesn't really get rid of the fairy ring, but what it does is adds nitrogen into your lawn so that the fairy ring is masked. The fairy ring comes from a fungus that's decomposing organic matter in the soil, and they show up visibly in lawns that are under-fertilized. The lawns that are fertilized more often can still get it. You just don't see it besides maybe a, a weak ring that expands out to where you have grass that has been killed down to the crowns that fills back in within mm-hmm. you know a month to six weeks. And so nitrogen's fine. I would check your aeration, maybe aerate spring and fall for a couple of years to see if you can get some organic matter to decompose more quickly. Uh, next listener is asking, they say they have some maple trees and a Bosnian pine that were planted back in May. They're wondering when they should back off on the watering. Uh, they are watered by hose once a week to two weeks. You need to keep watering them as long as they still have leaves on. In the fall, when the leaves have fallen off, you can stop watering. You may need to check them because they don't have very extensive root systems. And if we don't get regular rain through October and November, they may need to take a five-gallon bucket out and water them every two or three weeks until we get rain and snow. Okay. Ernie is on the line in Bountiful. Good morning, Ernie. What was your question? Oh, good morning. Um, I'm trying to get rid of wasps and hornets, you know, and I've got railroad ties that that keep up a retaining wall around my yard. And yet, you know, the slightest bumping of those ties or whatever, and they're all after me. They'll even follow me into the house if they can. And I've tried spectricide and all these other things, and and it works uh, just a little bit, but then they keep coming back. I'd like to know uh, what is the strongest hornet poison I can get, or if there is also a hornet spray, you know, where, where you can just, like a fly killer, I, I get r- raid and all these others, and those buggers are really resilient to all that. And so I'm wondering how to get rid of these guys when the commercial, the, you know, um, public stuff doesn't work. Well, it's not a matter of it not working. It's more of a matter that is probably not getting far enough into their nest or burrow or whatever you want to call it to kill enough of them to take the hive out. And so an exterminator is going to have equipment available and they may even have to do some digging to be able to get rid of them. And that's, there's not like this ultra powerful stuff that's only available to restricted use license holders or anything. I think it's more, that you're unable because of how the nests are situated to get to them to actually spray into the nest. Now you can go out in the evening at dusk when the sun's down, it's mostly dark, but you can still see and they're not flying and you can get a couple of cans of raid or black flag or whatever and thoroughly spray into their holes. And if that doesn't work, you may need to get a professional Okay. All right. Well, good. I want to make sure that I did everything I can before I get an exterminator. Okay. Thank you for your call. You're welcome. Ernie, thanks for your call this morning. Uh, The plan of the week was Russian sage. The next listener would like to know, Tom, when and how far back can you prune the Russian sage? In early spring, so mid-March, you just cut it back to two or three inches above the ground, and it will grow back with uh, ferocity. (laughs) 
<laughs> Next listener says they want to plant some apple and peach trees this fall. Do they need to do anything with the clay soil before they plant? Not necessarily. You know, if others in the neighborhood have healthy apples and peaches, you do nothing. Because when you use, you know, it, a recommendation oftentimes is mixing compost into the soil, but oftentimes you make a bowl that those roots won't grow past and they just have to be exposed to that soil. And the bigger thing is, is they need to watch their watering so that those trees aren't overwatered and they aren't sitting in a swimming pool so that they will eventually die. Right. How come the roots won't grow in the compost? They will but the compost makes a situation to where they're too happy and they don't feel like they need to grow past it. And so I've seen several situations where in heavier clay, people have planted trees and they dug their hole four or five feet wide and, you know, two or three feet deep and put this, you know, amended soil in so that the tree was happy. And 10 years down the road, the tree topples in a windstorm and it never grew beyond the hole that they made. Wow. And so it's the tree needs to sink or swim in the soil it's planted in. And the best thing they can do is just plant it correctly and then hope for the best. And if other if there's multiple species of other trees doing well in the neighborhood, then I'm not too worried. Uh, next person says uh, they're gala apple trees, about three years old. This year, most of the fruit fell off, and they're wondering what you think might be going on. The heat and maybe a lack of water. You know, we were very hot through July, and that's a key month for fruit development. And so if a tree's not getting enough water, and especially if the tree's also already a little bit prone to dropping fruit, the environmental conditions would cause it to be worse. Okay. I'm trying to read through. Just know, people, when you send more than one text, it's really hard for me to read it because this next text says, what time of year is the best to prune my tree? Has branches almost way down to the trunk. I've had the tree for about three years, but I don't know what tree, what kind of tree they're talking about. If it's ornamental, mid-January is always the fail-safe month to do pruning on your ornamental uh, shade trees. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, Troy is listening in Burley, Idaho. Troy, thanks for listening. Um, be aware that we cannot take photos off of our text page. These commercial text pages don't allow us to do that. So you can send us photos on our Facebook page. Um, but he says, um, that he believes that he has June beetles. A farmer told him he has June beetles in his potatoes. Um, he tills twice a year. Any other tips to get rid of them? Well, I they're, what I'm more familiar with for June beetles and getting rid of them are the lawn uh, insecticides, the preventatives, but they're not registered for garden use. And so he may need to forbear the potatoes for a year and What's maybe put forbear? What do you don't mean? plant them, okay. forbear planting. <laughs> okay. So I'm sorry, I'm going back to that biblical terms. Uh, okay. I've been listening to... It's too early on a Saturday yeah, I, morning for you to do well, that for me. Well, I've been listening to The Lord of the Rings on Audible, <laughs> oh, yeah. and it's one of those things I drive so much that <laughs> I have to look up what all these words mean. Alas, you know, and <laughs> error we go and all these things. Like, I'm So I've been bulking up on my uh, Middle English. Okay. So, so don't plant them. <laughs> yeah, don't plant them. for, And then you may need to use an insecticide such as a grub killer in the area to see if you can do it because they stay in the soil for one to two years 
And I suppose if you found a new area to plant them or a new area to uh, like some raised beds or something, you could plant them there. But it was one of those things that I wouldn't put them in my garden. I would put them in a flower bed somewhere just because there's probably not going to be June beetles there. Okay. Well, we have a couple of minutes before the bottom of the hour news. I'm wondering, give us an idea of how much we should be watering at this point in time and what we should be watering. You know, I, this year the Santa Quin area has been – not inundated with storms, but we've just been getting the luck of the draw that the random thunderstorms have been hitting. Lucky you. I haven't watered my... I watered some hot spots where it dries out more quickly mm-hmm. last week, but most of my lawn hasn't been watered in a month. And so if And you, is it still green? It is very green. And if you haven't... Uh, had the thunderstorms, then once a week is ample, maybe even every 10 days in the low 80s. So, What about flower beds? Flower beds, my petunias have gone three weeks without an irrigation. But wow. we've had some thunderstorms, so probably once a week on them too. Okay, so we should be watering once a week and we should be good. And then mm. as it starts to cool off even more? I'd give your lawn one final watering in late September it uh, a lot of irrigation companies shut off the irrigation by October first, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. so through October first through fifteenth. But after October, you really shouldn't be watering your lawn. Is it my imagination, or is there more spurge this year than in other years? It seems to be very bad this year through July because we were very hot. Uh, spurge when it germinates in May sends its roots deep, you know, up to a foot deep. Mm-hmm. And it can access groundwater. Other plants can't. And then through July and August, it grows the top part. And so because we had so much rain in the spring and then it got so dry, it was an ideal year for it to really go crazy. Okay. And the best way to get rid of it? Pre-emergent in the spring and hoeing it out when it's small if you can. There are some herbicides that will take it out when it's younger, such as the Image All-in-One Lawn Weed Killer. Okay. Number to call with your questions, 801-575-8255. You can text us at 57500. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.